Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's guest is Megan Tan and for those of you that don't know who Megan is, she's the creator and host of Millennial, a radiotopia podcast about coming of age based in her closet in Portland, Maine. Before graduating from Western Kentucky University with a degree in photojournalism in 2014, she's worked alongside WNYC's Radio Lab, the Minneapolis Star, Tribune, Timber, and Fame Media. But as a radio host and producer, she's been recognized by the Atlantic, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, the AV Club, The Guardian, and was listed by Refinery29's 29 Under 30 Powerhouses, Poised to Change the World, which is exactly why I'm excited to have her here. I discovered her podcast basically upon inception um, and being a millennial myself you know a lot of the stories that she was going through carving that career for herself was something that I was I definitely identified with so I'm very very excited to to have you on here Megan uh, to talk about your journey so far and what you've learned thank you the pleasure is mine so refinery of 29 described you as one of the under 30 individuals that you know poised to change the world when you first started the podcast though, I remember you being very, very raw and honest and talking about you not having the career that you initially wanted. And this is something that I, I deeply identify with. What led you to that journey to basically be that open and vulnerable and create a podcast called Millennial? Millennial was created because I wanted to become a radio producer. And uh, as a photojournalist, what they teach you is you can't tell people you want to take photos. You have to show people you are already a photographer. And so Millennial was essentially a portfolio piece. And the reason why it's so raw and honest is because I never really thought anybody would listen to it. <laughs> so I was making it in the closet of my apartment, and it was an experiment. And it, yeah, I, I mean, it was just a place to really practice and I still think it's a place to practice and hone in on skills that I want to carve and sharpen for myself right now. It, it, it's it's funny because, you know, listen to you, you always, you said you were a photojournalist, 
But then you also had this aspiration to be a radio producer, and then you ended up producing your own uh, pseudo-radio show. What was the reception like? Because you said you didn't think anyone was going to listen to to this show, and then you started gathering all this content and producing this, and then you started getting all this fame. How did you react to that? Well, I think that fame in the podcast world is also pretty relative, right? So oh, well, <laughs> it's yeah. not like all this, it's not like all, all this fame. Um, but basically, when Millennial first started, it wasn't, nobody listened to it for a good five months. Yeah. Like I had produced, you know, a handful of episodes and I was still waitressing at a, a restaurant by the time Millennial first was reviewed by the Guardian. I mean, there was, there was a point in time where the online world wasn't reflective of what was going on in my real life. And I still think that that is what it is today. You know, like you say fame, but I, you know, still function out of my closet in Maine and our team is really small and uh, like I, I'm sitting in front of the computer most of the time. Right now I'm in a hallway that's dark and cold, you know, <laughs> like having this conversation with you. So I think that it is it's interesting um, people's perceptions of what they think your life must be like. Uh, and what it is in reality. And when Millennial first started taking off or first started getting recognition, there was definitely a juxtaposition between those two worlds. Many times I feel the same way where my online persona doesn't necessarily reflect the struggles that I'm, I'm currently experiencing. And I almost feel mm. I almost feel like a fraud. And it's not because I'm being a fraud. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but I almost feel like people have such high expectations of me and what I can do and what I'm able to do. But I deeply feel like I'm just fine. I'm like, I need to pay this bill. <laughs> I need to worry about right? that. And then I feel like, yeah. um, I, I'm not sure how to handle that. And then, and, you know, and, you know, just being someone that intensely chose this path to sort of change the way, um, our generation is perceived and to influence them to be the leaders through media and consultant. I, I often wonder if, if other millennials like yourself go through the same sort of thing where you feel like a fraud if you get all these accolades, but you're like, I don't, this doesn't really reflect me. I think it's more like when you are carving out your own path, like you're teaching yourself everything, yeah. right? So uh, it can feel really isolating. And a lot of times it feels like I'm making this podcast uh, with in like a void, you know, and and I think that that is different than traditional structures where you're you have a company or you work for someone and you're surrounded by lots of people who have the same vision and goal and you guys are feeding off of each other. I think now it's easy, like we have to create this kind of pioneer spirit uh, when you are an entrepreneur and when you are creating something by yourself. So what I'm teaching myself now is like, I don't have time to doubt, you know, you just don't have the time. And so we have to cultivate the wisdom. And I think the genuine, like you, like the confidence in yourself to be able to get things done. And because you've already gotten this far, you know, <laughs> so yeah, 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 it's, but it's, it's constantly, it's constantly an internal push and pull, I think. No, I, I, absolutely. And what you said just reminded me of a quote by Rich Simmons. And it, it basically is, believe your beliefs, doubt your doubts. If not, you will doubt your beliefs. And it's, mm -hmm. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Believe your beliefs, doubt your doubts. If not, you will doubt your beliefs. Listening to your podcast and having you on the show here is is is, is one thing that, that that for me is like a meta experience because you started off initially at that you know waitressing and you could hear the tables and the clanking. We heard when you quit the job. We heard when the Guardian um, magazine featured you, and then we started hearing about Radiotopia wanting to feature you. How? Has that journey uh, changed the way you think about your future now? Because when you first started, it wasn't very bright, in your opinion. And Mm -hmm. you've had all these interesting accolades. And granted, it might not be necessarily reflective of your personal experience. But how has that changed how you think about the future possibilities for you right now? I mean, I think I constantly have to remind myself that the... Like whatever I've done in the past, I can continue to apply in the present. Mm -hmm. So... For instance, like in order to make millennial, I created this really long syllabus, uh, like a structure and a school um, that I essentially it was like a fake program that I created for myself. And that that kind of structure is something that I need, like for the next bar in my life, you know, and so uh, I need to sit down with myself every now and then and reapply things that I've applied in the past to get me where I am today. Yeah. And I feel like often I think I have to start over, you know, even, yeah. even when I make a new episode, I'm, I always feel like I'm starting from scratch, but I'm not starting from scratch. And that's something I have to remind myself. Yeah. And so I think being able to look at the actions that you've taken in order to get to where you are, the things that have worked and the things that haven't worked, being able to really reflect on that and to apply those to your present uh, in order to have, in order to get you to where you want to be next, I think is where I am right now. I love it. And the thing that I love about you the most is you're constantly adding to your list. Um, do you have any things that you you have big plan for millennial? Are you looking to take it to be a more of a platform that, 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 you know, leverages your community to do much more? You know, I think I'm at this point where I'm trying to figure out what the mission of Millennial is at this moment. You know, I want to have an ideology that's grounded in the mission of the show and everything that Millennial stands for and does in the future. And I think that right now I'm taking that time to figure out what that is. Because to be honest, I mean, Millennial started in my closet when people would ask me, did you know that you would be changing people's lives? I was like, no, that wasn't the intention, right? Uh And now that we've created a show that essentially has affected people, it's like, okay, well, this has to be be a part of the foundation of the mission of the show. And and so being able to make intentional efforts so that every decision that we make falls under that same is where I am right now. Like I'm still building the foundation for the show and the company. So I'm open to lots of opportunities. I'm always open and I'm always open to have discussions with people. Um, But right now I'm still new to the industry of being a radio producer. You know, I've only been doing this for two years and I really just want to focus on how can I be the best, you know, radio producer that I can be at this moment and how can I make the best show that reflects that. That's that's fantastic because I think, um, like I said, the thing with you and I think what resonates with a lot of your fans is me in particular is the fact that not only that you open, but the fact that you acknowledge that it's an evolving process. It's not something that you you don't have to go in there thinking that you have a plan, but be okay with with what the constant change would be. And I I think that's reflective of our generation 
in the sense that even though the narrative out there for the most part has been that we're lazy entitled and blah 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 and we're a trophy generation, I, I'm I don't know that there's enough acknowledgement of the fact that this is the age of massive disruption and a lot of us have ability to adapt and it's okay for us to say that we're still figuring things out, but when we figure it out, we'll be the best versions of ourselves and everyone in the company will be better for that. So mm. Do you think that your podcast has helped change the conversation around what millennials are perceived to be generally? I get comments where people don't want to listen to millennial because of the title and their perceptions of it uh, before they listen. And I think once they start listening, those perceptions start to change, right? Because the first, then like a lot of instinctual, a lot of people have told me that, when they hear of a podcast called Millennial, they're like, that's the last thing I want to listen to is, you know, a 20-something complaining about her life. But then when they listen to it, it's almost like they change in the process, like their perspectives of their own bias changes. And so I can't say that tons of people have changed the way they see millennials, but um, I can say that there are people who have been surprised by how much they actually resonate with the show. Mm. And maybe that tears down their bias towards the name and the generation. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I was just, I was just curious about that. Everybody, for those listening, I'm talking to Megan Tan here, who is uh, basically a real life Cinderella. Uh, so <laughs> instead of the, of the Prince, she got a podcast. Um, and then that was, that that's a statement that's been used to describe uh, you, but can you talk about the experience of how getting rejected from your dream job ended up being the best thing that happened to you? Yeah. So, um, let's see. Well, first of all, I grew up with this, with the idea that rejection is also a sign of protection mm-hmm. in a way. And, and also that's like shit just makes you stronger. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah literally. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, when I got rejected from a fellowship that I really, really wanted, like that's the only thing you could think about when that happens. But in hindsight, if I had been accepted to that fellowship, then I, my life would have been. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com a lot more limiting and i think it's when you just decide not to succumb and you continue to move forward and you continue to make efforts to get you to wherever it is that you want to be that you know your life opens up 
in a way that you couldn't perceive. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what happened to me. I could have never have expected that you know I would be making my own show and, and doing this full time uh, because I I only saw me working for someone else as that was the only way I saw myself was being able to work for someone else. And so by getting that rejection, it really expanded my, like where I could see my life. So that was, yeah, making millennial full time. That's it's so interesting to me. And I don't know about you, Megan, but my favorite thing about the podcast that I do is the emails that I get from listeners. And I, I you know, sometimes I'll sit down crying. Sometimes I sit down laughing. Sometimes I sit down <laughs> Whatever, but you know, because my story uh, we shared on on the before I got on the show was the fact that I grew up as a son of a diplomat and always in five countries and four continents. I was always searching for the best way to connect across cultures, and I started studying um, leadership uh, basically at an early age, out of necessity, because I wanted to find a way to fit in and and learn why why we you know people um, were so ostracized because they were different. And now that process and sharing those stories and talking about that, people would share similar stories. And these are people that are older than me and some people that are younger than me. And they would open up on emails. And Mm -hmm. that, to me, was a fuel to continue, even when I was at my brokest, right? So I'm very curious if that's the same experience with you. Yeah. I mean, it's great to to meet people in person as well. Like when we have different Radiotopia events and listeners are invited to come to Boston or wherever we may be to be able to talk to people. Uh, and and I, I always forget that people know my life, um, but it's almost like because they do, there's this, there's an opportunity for me to ask them questions that like we can just get past the small talk you know and i can ask them about what is it that they want and you know talk to them in a really sincere way and uh, i think that that's that that's yeah incredibly special to be able to do that and i would also hope that you know as this is just an example of what it means to open up your life and the great things that come from it so so I hope other people do that as well, as corny as that sounds as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that kind of connection is something that is hard to come by. No, no, no. Um, and can you share the, the the most rewarding fan experience for you? I don't know if it's fan, but the most rewarding experience that you felt hosting the show. When did you feel like, wow, I'm um, I'm going to continue doing this and this matters? Oh, man. First of all, like, Millennial has challenged me in ways that I just would never have expected. I do not consider myself to be a public speaker. Like, I never considered myself to be a writer. And there are presentations that I've done where I am in front of a huge auditorium of people uh, and the lights are on me and I'm explaining an experience. And I have, like, grown into this person I didn't even know I could become. And so that to me has been really rewarding. And I also think it's really empowering to be able to visualize your future and then not knowing how it'll take place, it does take place. Yeah. But in terms of listeners and making connections with people, like I'm still, uh, I don't, I see myself as still just like a normal 
person who like makes things in my closet, you know, like I don't, I don't hang out with a lot of people. And so I think I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like and what that means. Um, yeah. which is how do yeah, how do you continue to do something that you didn't even know you were doing in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> that's perfectly okay. I, I think we just, that's part of discovering yourself. And in the process of discovering ourselves, we find ourselves in leadership position right now. And the leadership positions that we find ourselves in is a time when there's increasing, increasingly, you know, uh, divisive rhetoric that's being spread around. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what your back, what, what background, where are you from? Where are your parents from? I'm from Ohio. Ohio. My dad from Singapore. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a Singapore from Ohio, but you have a lot of. Um, interesting divisive movements going around not just in america but different parts of the world and as we start to assume leadership positions one of my biggest concerns slash hope is that we are able to change the narrative but the concern aspect of that is i wonder if if you know there are many of us that believe the same type of narrative that current leaders have what Mm -hmm. opportunity do you feel like that we have as millennials to to actually change the world for the better um, given the the interest and struggles we have that's different from other generations? I can only say, like, for us to... I feel like we are, are doing this uh, already, you know, in terms of acceptance and change. I feel like because we have the internet, we're able to see a kind of different things that are out there or surround ourselves with different communities that we didn't, that we otherwise wouldn't. With that said, I think we need to continue to push, push that envelope even more. You know, I have lots of friends who live in cities who don't want to come out to rural Maine because it's scary to them. And, and like, I don't go out to rural Maine. Right. And, and I think that if we, like, like we can't keep blowing our own horns, you know, like we need to really make sure that we find ourselves also in uncomfortable places, talking to people who aren't like us, no matter what that looks like. Right. Because if you're asking people, if you're asking people to meet you halfway, you have to meet them halfway as well. Um, and that, that should just be an ongoing thing. Like, we should be pushing ourselves to do that. Because I think that if we don't, for instance, if we take the city versus rural mentality, um, rural people will be afraid to go into the cities, and city people will be afraid to go into the country. Uh, if we do that, then both sides are acting against each other with the same energy, and yeah. that doesn't help anyone, yeah. right? So. I think it has to be also like um, an everyday form of action. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be able to to break, break boundaries within our own lives that happen every day, and that's and to keep it up, you know. And that's that's hard. Um, we I, I was I grew up with this phrase: to continue is easy, to, or no, to start is easy, to continue is difficult. Um, and, and that's like what I think about a lot moving forward is like, how can we, how can I make sure that I'm not telling people they're doing wrong without first reflecting on myself and seeing if that same wrongness exists inside my own life? Wow. 
totally agree first of all because i think i don't think we a lot of us enjoy having those conflict environments but i think something that we all should make practice of is basically putting ourselves in positions where people think differently from us constantly because it opens our minds one but we also get to see the perspective and reacting naturally you know with a form of anger doesn't do both parties any good and it just furthers uh, the walls that that are continuing to erect. So it's it's great, and I think part of that is also being willing to be vulnerable, which is something that you do. I think a lot of what happened when you started being vulnerable. I'm sure some parents reached out to you, who were raised in millennials, and they said, "You know what? I didn't understand that." Yeah. I, oh, did that happen? Okay, I just assumed because it just makes sense. Some parents might reach out and say, "You know, I now I understand that better," just because you were vulnerable and. Maybe they just happen to listen to your podcast and it's not something they would have done naturally. So I think there's an importance in, in that as well, that vulnerability. We're going to wrap up soon, but I, I want to give you a chance to talk about the technical aspects of being a producer. I know someone out there is listening and they're like, Megan Tan? I love Megan. Um, I want to be just like Megan. I want to have my own show. I want to do that. I want to do that. What would you tell uh, an aspiring producer to, to work on now? just to to do work you know people say if you want to get work you got to be doing work so i think find something that you love and just chew into it you know yeah find something you i don't love know if that do. no it works find something you love to do and just chew into it find something you love to do yeah just yeah. i mean yeah like create your own projects create your own deadlines yeah. you like be the person you want to be in the future with your work that's how millennials started, you know, exactly. create a portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. And for those listening, when she's saying, find what you want to do and chew on it, she, she, she's a millennial. She created a podcast called millennial. It was her coming of age story. You know, she was talking about herself. It just so happened. A lot of people related to that, but not many people had been willing to be that vulnerable or cover the story from that. And people resonate with that. So in your life, it might be, you might be like covering dogs and, you have had five pets and they just happen to live in your house and you want to be a journalist. You could just make a narrative story around the dog life and then create that. But that's a portfolio object that you have. And then you, you work in another story and, and then that's how you start to build um, not only your techni- uh, technic- your expertise, but also your um, the ability to tell cohesive stories. Uh, so it sounds like that's what I heard from that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that I meant all of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The, as we wrap up, um, uh, where can people find you? Uh, at millennialpodcast.org. You can also listen to us on the new Radio Public app, uh, which is, and just look under Millennial. Look under Millennial. Millennial Podcast. Um, the website will be on there. Millennialpodcast.org and. They're part of Radiotopia, so make sure you get the, the app as well as um, check them out on any um, podcast distributed platform. The last thing I always ask my guests before I leave is the mission question, uh, the mission statement of the podcast, which is use your difference to make a difference. That's the basis of everything I do. Mm-hmm. So how do you, Megan, use your difference to make a difference? Um, use your difference to make a difference. You talk about it, right? (laughs) You share your stories. I had a teacher tell me one time, you know, because I'm mixed, um, I'm Asian and and white, so I'm Asian. Uh, He said, "You don't fit. You don't fit anywhere. Therefore, you fit everywhere." And I've really taken that to heart. Just trying to be able to, like, yeah, your your difference allows you to blend. If you can blend, then do that. 
Use your difference to make a difference by telling your story. Megan, I can't thank you enough for this. I think what you're doing is great. And I know that you're very, very humble. So you probably wouldn't say this to yourself. But, you know, what you're doing is very, very impactful. And I think the idea of shedding light on what it's like to be a millennial in a digital age, pursuing her dreams, being, you know, a mixed, mixed lady and actually outlining in detail the struggles you have. It's an interesting way to, to to detail what your overnight success story would be in the next coming years because, you know, by the time I'm coming to your first little show on the front row seat there, I'd be like, I remember when Megan started. And, <laughs> and, and this is the proof. This is right there. Go listen to all these episodes. She said it. So you don't, don't think it all comes without hard work. So I, I sincerely appreciate you for doing that. And uh, thank you for spending the time to, um, to just share your story. Um, keep it up. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. The pleasure is mine, ladies and gentlemen. Till next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.